He's Christian, because I gotta get home. He's Jimmer. Welcome back to Two Physical Therapists and a Bag of Chips. Carolina Kettle Down East Carolina Barbecue. It's a lot of Carolina, isn't Chips. it? Chips. These it's, are f- these are for my wife, Kate. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Kate. They are um, they are Vine Gary. Huh? Says it on the back. Salty, oh, yeah. spicy, Vine Gary. Huh. Misspelt of Gary, maybe. Before the chips, we're going to discuss upper trap versus levator scapula. Lay. No, that's more. That's plural. Scapulae is plural, so it's scapula. Don't mind me him playing with the bag. Yeah. Levator scapula. So upper trapezius, most people are pretty familiar with. It's kind of the muscle that sits at the top of your shoulder, attaches your head to your shoulder, sort of. Uh, basically, the attachments are the skull, the spine, particularly the cervical and upper thoracic spine, your scapula on the acromion and the spine of the scapula, as well as the clavicle. So it's pretty big. It kind of sits all around, does a lot of stuff. It's responsible in part for scapular rhythm, which is Ooh. a fun way to say that. Scapular elevation. And does a lot of head control, specifically cervical spine control. You get innervations, which is fun, from cranial nerve 11, also known as the accessory nerve. So that, along with your SCM, are innervated by your cranial nerve, which means that they're more ancient nerve connections, which can play an interesting role, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in just a minute. Sensory is from C3 and C4, which is also kind of fun, because it spreads a lot further than C3 and C4. So usually everything's innervated at the level, but this, not so much. So. Crazy stuff. Levator scapula is also a cervical muscle. It attaches from the transverse process of your cervical spine to the superior angle of your scapula, which is kind of the top inside portion of your shoulder blade. Uh, it's positioned deep to the SCM and the trap, which is interesting because we just discussed how SCM and trap are both accessory nerve muscles, but this is deeper to that, which is kind of interesting. Interesting. I think it is. I okay. think it's interesting. Good. I'm glad you're interested. Uh, functions, right, elevates the scapula. That's pretty much all it does. It can be, it can play a role in rotation and all of those sort of stuff, but through We would have never elevation. guessed at the name like that, would you? The levator of the scapula mm-hmm. elevates the scapula. Yeah, through this for a loop. You wouldn't know. Innervation, dorsal scapular nerve, particularly C5, but then it's also sensory innervation is three C3 and C4. Whoa, I see where we're going. See what's going on here. What's fascinating with these muscles is that we always talk about upper trap and historically upper trap and upper trapezius and all that sort of stuff gets so much credit all the time for any kind of like where I hold my stress position and my neck doesn't move well so it's my upper trap that's tight or spasming. And I think it's important to realize that levator scapula is also playing a pretty big role. Almost somewhere in the neighborhood of Seven to eight out of ten times you will find somebody who's had a shoulder injury or who's dealing with headaches that has significant levator scapula spasming or at least tightness or shortness in that muscle. And so it's always worth looking into that as a potential cause for definitely headache, definitely shoulder pain, but particularly something associated with forward head posture. So forward head posturing and levator scapular shortness are very parable. So something to pay attention to there because a lot of times that forward head posture gets its association to upper trap 
and you can almost treat upper trap all day without making a meaningful difference in that forward head posture situation, which I think, again, is interesting. I'm glad you were interested. Headache situation, cervicogenic headache is very relatable to levator scapula. And so cervicogenic headache is basically mechanical causes that are resulting in headache pain. With cervicogenic headache, you get pain that basically goes from sort of your neck up into your head in what is considered a ram's horn presentation. So it runs around your ear and kind of sits behind your eyeball. And that's the typical cervicogenic pattern. And that can play, or in, in large part, be due to levator scapula issues. Still tagging along. When people say, what is causing your pain? More often than not, it's not the upper trap. Even though the upper trap plays a role, it is your levator scapula that's causing you those issues. So absolutely worth looking into. Upper trap, tender, but doesn't seem to play a role as much in your headache situation. So ruling in levator scapula for headache, ruling out upper trap can be very beneficial in terms of treatment and also just in terms of patient education. Trying to have people understand what is helping them feel better and how they can potentially use that knowledge to then prevent future issues uh, with headache and particularly forward head posture presenting uh, often with people with cervicogenic headache. I always think this is an interesting relationship, and so I wanted to talk about it, and that's what I did. You're doing a lot of talking. And, uh, yep, that's kind of it for that. So, upper trap, lots of credit, lots of connections. Ancient accessory nerve relationship with SCM. Uh, that relationship has a lot to do with protection. So when you're kind of coloring yourself up into a ball or taking a protective position, you will see SCM and upper trap engage basically to protect your cervical spine. Uh, well, you know, one sits sort of on the front, one sits sort of on the back, and their relationship will stabilize that spine really well. And that's where motor innervation, at least, is relatable. But that's all I got. <laughs> that's fantastic, Christian. Yep. Trivia time. This week's trivia question, the new Yardbirds are better known as... Tony Korea was not impressed by this. Uh, he was disappointed. Even. Yes. He was, he, was, he was frankly upset. <laughs> he said, you ask all these hard ones and then you give a question like this. Which just means that just because he knows like the odd random fact yeah. doesn't make this an easy question. I thought this was a very hard question. I figured he would know the answer to this. It's Led Zeppelin. The reason I think this is a fun trivia question is because they actually took the name Led Zeppelin when members of the Who gossiped that their band would sink like a Zeppelin filled with lead. So they dropped the A because otherwise it would be Lead Zeppelin. And so they made it L-E-D as opposed to L-E-A-D. And that's where Led Zeppelin comes from. And I, I think they did okay for themselves. I think they did pretty good. They did, I, I don't guess. think they considered a failure as yeah. a band. So Jamie Antoven did really well. He got it right. Tony Korea obviously got it right. Right. Obviously. Uh, right. We had some good guesses from the Breakaway PT and the A-Trainer Niner as well. But Tony threw us a whole other question. He said, where did Led Zeppelin play their first show in the U.S.? I didn't know the answer. I got it wrong. I thought it was 69. I thought it might have been New York. But it's probably Denver. It was Denver in 68. Yeah. December 68 in Denver. Why else would he ask that question? Yeah, I was like, now it's obvious, isn't it? But at the time, I didn't really know any better. No. So, 
Well done, Tony, for bonus points. If you have some other trivia you want us to ask, feel free to send it our way. We're happy to throw that into the pod anytime. This week's question, what is the loudest animal on earth? Courtesy of Christian's children. Yes, my son Garrett. He's the, six. Uh, and the, uh, the octagon, the octonaut. The, the octonauts. 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 Yep. Octonauts. All right, trip time. Carolina kettle cooked potato chips. Down East Carolina barbecue. Yeah. Are they barbecue chips or are they? Yeah, they should be barbecue flavored chips. I but mean. Carolina is mustard, right? It's usually mustard. There's also vinegar, though. It depends on which part of Carolina you're in. You mean Vine Gary? They just, it does say Vine Gary. Yep, salty, spicy, Vine Gary. That's interesting spelling there. So this is the one in six snacks. It's got 32 names, this stuff. Like, yeah. I don't get the deal what's going on. It's cooked on in there. sunflower. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Sunflower oil. Uh, chip to air ratio, I'm going 35%. It was pretty pretty uninspired, honestly. It's so got brown sugar. Pretty down there. Citric acid. Brown sugar. Yeah. All right. You keep Josh, talking. I'm going to eat. Josh Monahan. Um, we'll see. So at least a kettle, kettle chip. Yeah. Good crunch, like a kettle chip. Yeah. Um, it's sweet. Getting more paprika sweet than to start. Like a sweet paprika. Hmm. Put a couple on top of each other. You need a little extra. Um, definitely getting barbecue, like charcoal or... Smoke? I'm not getting any yeah. smoke flavor. No, 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 charcoal. You're getting charcoal? No. Yeah. Like mm. blackened or... No, I like these. I like them too. They're good. I was afraid it was going to be like like mustardy, like, you know, they have the mustard, uh-huh. vinegaries. But it isn't. Um, you definitely taste the sugar. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got, it's really sweet. But it's not overpoweringly sweet. No. Nope. And there's definitely a little bit of heat. Just a not, not like last week's, but... Um, no. Well, I like these. No, take the big one. You have it. No, no, you have it. You already touched it, so you got to eat it. Fine, whatever. I'll take yep. a little one and whine about it. Wow. This is actually... Uh, I'm going to give it two thumbs. I'm going to give it up. Two thumbs. Two thumbs? I don't know. I, I might... Uh, I'm going to go three thumbs. So. Good chance. i three thumbs. You're going three thumbs. Fine. Yeah. Wow, look at you go. Huh. Three thumbs here. Nice, fine, Kate. Where did you find these? Don't say grocery store. It's cost, always cost so disappointing. Plus, probably, right? World market. Um, it's pretty typical. The chips huh. smell oily, which is weird because they don't smell like barbecue at all. They don't get any kind of smokes flavor or anything. No, but I, I, I get, um, I get like charcoal. You get charcoal flavor from oh. the smell. No, from the taste. Oh, the taste. Yeah. Oh, there was a little bit of vinegar there. It wasn't wow. it was like Vine Gary? Vine Gary, yeah. Vinegary. Vine Gary. This is like a, like a rainbow chip. It keeps changing. Oh, that's nice. Huh. Complex. Complex flavors here. That's well, good. if you can't find these on Monday, you know where they went. Well, well earned. Well earned. Delicious. Thank you for listening today. Next week, we're going to cover neuropathy. We are going to review the Kroger prime rib and horseradish potato chip. Whoa. Have we done Prime rib and horseradish before? I don't think so. We, we've done horseradish, though. Have we? Huh. Well, maybe not. Maybe this has been in the cupboard for a couple of years. No. These are pretty new. Are they? Yeah. I bought this one, so not that old. 
If you like today's episode, please tell your friends, follow, review, subscribe. Anyone looking for more information on this topic, give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter throughout the week. It's going to be interesting to visualize these things, so definitely check us out there. If you need more information on Rebound Therapy and Wellness Clinic, check out our website, reboundclinic.com. He's Jimmer. I'm Christian. Thanks for listening.